Yes, it is. Here we go. And welcome Stinky Dad the second, who does indeed win. He's the first one in the room. Welcome, Lady Rebecca. And welcome. I see Sergeant Williams is on time. And Father Brian, how about that? We about ready to get a show going. Yes, we are. Oh, goodness me. Jeez, if I can get it set up all of a sudden. Like... Hold on. Well, geez, my microphone keeps moving around. If I get that, there we go. Hey, rounding third, Ralph Williams. There you go. <laughs> Bear with me, people. Bear with me. issue i'm having a microphone issue okay let me get sergeant williams in here because uh sergeant williams is indeed my co-host where'd she go is she still here Uh, i think she's still here Uh, sergeant williams where are you i just saw her here a second ago anyway we're going to review here she is we are going to review some movies tonight see if they stand the test of time all right and welcome, Sandy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for uh, being on time and doing this. Uh, you're awesome and all that other stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What you been up to today? Oh, you know, uh, catching up on the housework, working online from home. Things I stack see. up. <laughs> I see, I see. And it's so you... nice and rainy in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, it rains. Does it rain? It rains quite a bit in Portland, Oregon. Is that correct? Or am I pretty there? much from October to April? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I understand. Yeah, well, pretty neat. Oh, uh, so, uh, what was? Oh, sorry, I'm having a problem. All of a sudden, my microphone stand uh, wants to like uh, go in circles on me, and I haven't quite solved the problem yet. So. I think what I'm going to do is take it off the stand for a while, and I'm going to hold it like I'm a rock star for a minute, and <laughs> that, that'll work. Yeah. Welcome, Lady Me. So um, we're going to review and go over uh, these movies, uh, Fright Night from 1985 and Better Off Dead, also from 1985, and You did such a good job the last time we did this. I appreciate you coming back. What I discovered with these two movies is when I was announcing them on social media, a lot of people haven't seen either movie. Um, And I I found that interesting. Uh, But did, did you see both movies back in the day? I saw Fright Night back in the day. I did not see Better Off Dead back in the day. Right. And that was the one, Fright Night, more people seem to have watched back in the day. And there are quite a few people in our generation that never did see um, Better Off Dead. So uh, so as, I, as people were responding to my social media uh, posts regarding these two movies, I decided that when we do this again, I might have you choose the next two movies. Uh, oh, the pressure. Yeah, that is pressure. <laughs> well, I don't think I chose, I mean, we'll go over whether or not I think these are still good movies, but mm-hmm. 
I didn't. I don't know if I chose very wisely this time. Uh, uh, so next time, I think uh, you should choose, and we'll see how it goes from goes from there. I bet you'll choose something really good. Of course, I when I open the door to that to a female who's a Gen Xer, I open the door <laughs> to I open the door to Dirty Dancing. We're going to watch Dirty Dancing, aren't we? Sorry, no, no, we're not. We're not. Okay, we are not. <laughs> that, I'm not. Uh, not a fan. Not a fan. Okay, Not so fan. you won't be watching Dirty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're you're off the hook there, Matt. <laughs> I am off the hook. Okay, okay. Good to know. <laughs> Father Brian goes fantastic film. <laughs> Good for you, Father Brian. <laughs> and later, Rebecca likes it too. Uh, thank you for sharing the live show, rounding third. Um, so I'm thinking, you want to start off with Fright Night? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. And I'm going to let you uh, go first. So we'll kind of go over just uh, our notes on Fright Night, and then we'll both decide at the end of our notes whether or sure. not we, it stands the test of time. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. So for me, um, my notes on Fright Night, um, the storyline, is it original? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a teen vampire movie um the concept uh is still going on today they've actually remade this one in 2011 um with colin farrell right um so i i felt it stood up as far as the concept um the main issues i had with it were the the special effects definitely did not stand up mm-hmm. um it was pretty it was pretty good in my mind, in my memory. Um, back in the day, um, I found the vampire deaths um, back then to be, you know, really scary and terrifying. And now they just kind of look a little cartoonish to me. But again, mm-hmm. uh, technology. The acting, I thought, um, was pretty good for Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Um he really had that sort of uh, slow glower, but a little bit of sexiness about him uh, as the as the lead. His second in command there, I forget the guy's name, his daytime guardian. Um, yeah, his name was like Billy Cole or something. Okay. Like yeah. 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 He was a little clunky. Um, yeah. Amanda Bierce as the as amy Mm -hmm. uh she was pretty good um she kind of had that pouty teenage angsty girlfriend down Mm -hmm. Uh, so no no complaints there the mom solid you know um right seriously Uh, solid (laughs) right the single mom who uh really had the hots for the vampire guy exactly come over anytime Yep. Um, Roddy McDowell. I mean, he is just classic in this. The overacting. Um, yep. True to form for him. <laughs> right. Right. Um, kind of a caricature of himself. <laughs> mm-hmm. In yep. this role. Right. And the only other thing I remember him being in, I think he he played in Planet of the Apes, like one yes. of the Planet of the Apes movies. Okay. Right. And I always saw it. He might be Malcolm McDowell's brother because they're both from the United Kingdom, but come to find out, they're not related. Ah. Uh, yeah, I, I did find that out in my research of this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, and Peter Vincent uh, was Roddy McDowell's character name. And that's a play on two horror geniuses. One was Vincent Price and the other one was Peter. Oh, something or other. I don't know. I want to say Peter Chris, but that's the drummer of Kiss. I believe. Yeah, I think you're mixing your media. <laughs> I think I am. Yeah, yeah. Peter Cushing, that's who it was. Yeah. Okay. Peter Peter Cushing, who I've never heard of before, but is a Vincent Price type guy. Uh, gotcha. But, Vincent yeah. Price, I know, but uh, yeah. Right, right. And I think Vin, I believe Vincent Price was actually asked to play this role, but then he was uh, uh, he he said, "Nah, I don't think I want to do that." Uh, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Charlie. Yeah. He was, he was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I remembered him being cuter um, when I watched it originally. Um, now I, yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, you know who was also, you know who also tried out for that role? No. And it would have been a completely different movie if this guy was cast. Charlie Sheen. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine Charlie Sheen and his the <laughs> <laughs> Wow. It wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked, but at least No, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. I think Charlie was uh, what's that guy's uh, William Ragsdale, is that his name? William uh, Ragsdale. He's actually done quite a bit. Um, yes. Yes. But since then, um, he was very um, active as a character actor. Right. Right. Subsequently, he was in a he was on a sitcom in the early '90s called Herman's Head, which I actually liked. Okay. See, yeah. I remember him from Judging Amy. Oh, really? Judging yeah, I liked, Amy. I okay. liked that that show. It was a female judge was the main character. Yeah, I remember the show. I, I never did watch it, but I do remember the show. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So that that was my take. Um, what were your thoughts on this one? Oh, I took all kinds of notes on this one. All right. Um, I remember I watched it back when it I think the USA Network showed a edited version of it, mm-hmm. like one Saturday, and I happened to watch it, and this would have been in 1987, I believe, and I was like, all right, I can actually watch a horror movie that won't keep me up at night, so that's kind of cool, and then I decided to rent it on VHS to see the regular version, and I really, really liked it uh, back then, and over the years, uh, every time I saw like anything vampire related, whether it be a TV show or a movie, I always thought of this movie. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I watched that now, if I would still ap- appreciate it. Uh, so I'm glad. So that was one of the reasons why I chose this movie, because mm-hmm. I hadn't seen it since really the late 80s. Um, but my notes, uh, I really went kind of almost scene for scene. So I do have wow. quite a few notes and I just like the, the beginning scene, Charlie and Amy are making out on his, on the floor of his bedroom. And mm-hmm. he's trying to convince her to be like, Oh, come on, Amy, come on, Amy. It's time. It's time. Mm-hmm. It's time. Then he gets all frustrated and, uh, because she won't, 
put out and all this other stuff. Yeah, she slaps the hand away for heading for for second. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So he gets all mad that he turns his head and then it seems like in an instant she's like, "Charlie, I'm ready." <laughs> and takes her shirt off just you know not the whole thing just her bra so he's like so he's about to go he's about to go in then he looks out the window and he sees two guys in the house next door that have just moved in carrying a coffin inside yep so all of a sudden he's he, he this is so he's so all frustrated all blue balls because he's not <laughs> getting his girlfriend to put out that all of a sudden she's ready <laughs> He sees two guys next door carry a coffin inside, and all of a sudden his attention is completely uh, gone away from Amy and onto these two guys carrying the coffin. And I'm thinking to myself, now wait a second. If I'm a teenage guy and all ready to have sex with my girlfriend and she's ready, am I going to really give two shits about two guys carrying a coffin inside a house? Um I don't know. I, I, I know. What am I saying? Of course I know. I'm not going <laughs> to care. I'm not going to care about two guys carrying a freaking coffin inside the house. I mean, so anyway, this is how the movies. No, it's not the same house rounding third. It's the next door neighborhood. But so anyway, this is how the movie begins. He gets his binoculars out and starts looking at these two guys with the coffin. She gets mad, goes downstairs, and the mother's down there watching TV, and the mother's like, oh, are you guys, are you two having a lover's oh, spat? spat. And, and I'm thinking, yes. Yeah, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself, well, why the hell are you letting the your son and his teenage girlfriend uh, be in his room alone? You know, of course they're not doing homework. Good goodness me but anyway so that was my uh yeah that was my kind of observation on the opening scene you know mm -hmm. it would have been uh, yeah yeah I, I but i guess we wouldn't have had a movie if charlie didn't pay attention to these guys carrying the coffin inside the neighbor's house yeah if he wasn't sort of a stalkery guy looking exactly. out the window nothing exactly. would have been noticed there would be no storyline at all right right Right. And then my first and then I this is the fourth note I took. Wow, this acting noticeably sucks. <laughs> so I, I, I yeah, yeah, it's, it's especially Amy in the opening scene. I do think Charlie actually was appropriately cast because he's, he's kind of a annoying dork boy. Yeah, I think that's what they were kind of going for in this in this movie. I agree with the mother. I mean, it's almost comical how these actors They're so are. stereotypical yeah um, and yeah. that's why i liked amanda's performance because she was such the stereotypical flip-flopping bratty teenage girl exactly exactly yeah yeah and that's a and that's a good way of looking at it and obviously nobody's going to win an academy award for this movie they do do you are these characters is i mean do you care about these characters do you buy into these characters you do you do so in that sense uh whoever casted these people did their job pretty well uh now i noticed that uh charlie oh yeah okay reading my own handwriting charlie drives like this i think it's a mustang but i could be wrong that is uh bondo. it's got all the bondo all over yeah, yeah 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 it's a bondo and i said that's a total mount view car right there <laughs> 
we could have seen a, a number of people driving that thing into high school. Uh, so that that was accurately portrayed because in the 2000s, a lot of these teen movies, you'd see kids driving in like brand new Jeep Wranglers with a surfboard on top. And, you know, all these teenage kids are typically white, rich, Californian, and it doesn't seem realistic to me. It's just like, I, I can't relate to it. But damn it, I can relate to a single mother with a kid driving a bondoed car. Yes, that yeah. that that I would agree with. Although okay. I have to say, Chris Sarandon's, uh, what was his name? Um, Jerry Dandridge's Jeep. I did like that. I'd like to have that Jeep right now. <laughs> yes, that was a good one. Yeah, yeah. Which makes you wonder. Yeah, and of course, if you're a vampire and you've lived for hundreds, maybe thousands of years, you probably, well, you probably robbed, robbed a bunch of people and <laughs> saved up money. So you can afford your, you can afford any car you want, right? <laughs> Good point. Exactly. You should have been driving a Porsche. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so the story goes on, then like the next, you know, Charlie's suspicious of these neighbors and that there's a vampire next door. So the next night, Charlie's in his bedroom. The binoculars come out again. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, Charlie's quite the freaking peeping Tom. I mean, it's just like, is Charlie, uh, Char not only is Charlie curious because he thinks, well, how much of the curiosity is that he believes vampires live next door? And how much of the curiosity is that he's just a peeping Tom? <laughs> because uh, Yeah, he does have some stalker-like tendencies there doesn't he? Uh, he he totally does he totally does in about uh so 19 minutes and like 37 seconds in we see boobage and uh in uh yes uh, charlie's peeping tom <laughs> peeping tom so jerry dandridge the chris sarandon character the sexy vampire guy he takes a woman's top off a uh, young lady's top off and he's about to bite her in the neck and then he looks up and he's like, oh, uh, the little pervy teenager next door is uh, spying on me. But then uh, Jerry Dandridge realizes that the neighbor knows that he is indeed a vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And during that, what I discovered is there's like some really good guitar playing in the background. I mean, you think of 80s guitar and you think of this hair metal, heavy metal tapping. But this is like really good blues guitar. And I'm like, all right, all right. So whoever did the soundtrack for this or just the uh, you know, the score for this actually did a good job. Yeah. Uh, and then I said, uh, Chris Sarandon is a babe magnet, isn't he? Uh, he's just a lady magnet. He is sexy in this movie. He really is. He is. That, that was working for me. Yeah, yeah. And do you know that Susan Sarandon's first husband? That's how she got it. That's how she got her last name. Really? Wow. Yep. You really went into the trivia on that one. I did. I did. Hey, Jill, welcome. I'm doing a very serious uh, movie review show here. So, <laughs> so I won't go, oh my God, it's Jill in my high uh, voice there. Um, all right. And then I said, I like the fact that the vampires turn into bats in this movie. It's, this movie gets into what all the stereotypical vampire things are that we grew up with. Uh, you know, they can't see themselves in a mirror. They turn into bats. 
Uh, they sleep in a coffin at nighttime. It's just all that stereotypical vampire stuff is present in this movie. And I like that because it makes it fun. It just makes it fun. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, because modern day vampire movies, uh, you know, they don't turn into bats. Maybe they sleep in coffins. Maybe they don't. Some of them do. Some of them do. Yeah. It, it varies by genre. I mean, the underworld stuff, um, they don't so much. Um, but in Dracula Untold, that was a that was a big part of it. Um, I see. I don't know if I you've see. seen that one. But anyway, it varies. And this one does hit all of the like the Nosferatu stereotypes. Ooh, very good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Father Brian says now they sparkle. Not sure what he means by that. I guess they're oh, that's that. Oh, that was the Twilight crap. Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's Twilight... a little judgy of me. <laughs> yeah. No, that's okay. That Twilight stuff is shit. Of course, they come out in the daytime in the Twilight ones. As long as the sun's not shining, they can come out. Uh, that, that's why they live in Portland, Oregon, where it's cloudy and rainy <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Fair point. <laughs> yeah. Are you okay there in Portland, Oregon? You don't have any vampires running around, do you? You got to be careful, Sergeant Williams, on that. Okay. <laughs> got to be careful a lot of things out here. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, also, uh, I, uh, Jerry, uh, uh, what's a what's Chris uh, Jerry Dandridge? Uh, Thank you. His hands are beautiful. He has pretty vampire hands. Really does. Uh, he really <laughs> does. They're like not quite female. I mean, but in there, but they're, they're not. They're, oh, I love that word. They're I graceful. love that. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I've never noticed a man's hands as being pretty before, but he has pretty vampire hands. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. All right. So you uh, vampires can only come into your house if you invite them in. So Jerry Dandridge is invited in by the horny single mom. Of course he is. Yeah, yeah exactly. And who wouldn't? Right. I mean, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'd invite him in just so I could look at his hands. <laughs> Rounding third says the hell. <laughs> it's taken a turn here. <laughs> yes, it has. Yeah. Now he's calling me a freak. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so he comes in and he meets Charlie. And of course, they're giving each other evil stares. And uh, OK. And before this, I think Charlie actually recognizes a couple dead bodies that were next door a couple missing people uh charlie actually saw enter the vampire's house so he knows that the vamp this uh, jerry dandridge person has killed them so anyway jerry dandridge and charlie are giving each other evil stares and jerry's like oh it's so great that your mom invited me in now i can come in anytime i want if it's okay with you of course uh Mrs. Charlie's mom and Charlie's mom goes, oh, yeah, that's fine. Well, come yes, on, yeah. anytime. Anytime. Exactly. Exactly. So. Uh, so they go to bed. Then Jerry Dandridge sneaks into the house, goes into Charlie's room, chokes him, throws him through a closet, is about to like uh, 
uh, throw him out a window. Uh, Charlie takes a pencil, stabs it through Jerry Dandridge's hand. And meanwhile, I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's quite a bit of noise going on. Where the hell's the mother? How come she doesn't wake up during this? You know? And finally, she does after uh, Jerry Dandridge gives like a vampire growl or something. And when she so goes, that uh, there was a when he first came in the house, though, he broke her door. Right. So she couldn't get out. So she couldn't get out. Exactly. So, she, yeah, he wedged the door, breaking it so she couldn't yeah. get out. But in the process, there was you would have thought a that she would A huge amount of noise, yeah. A huge amount of noise. And then she started banging, Charlie, I can't get out. I can't get out. But this is after quite a few minutes of uh, quite a bit of noise. But anyway, when Jerry Dandridge realizes that she's going to get out and go into the bedroom, uh, he leaves. Then she comes into the bedroom and she acts like his room isn't like trash, like his closet <laughs> door isn't broken. Like, oh, Charlie, what, you know, what was all the commotion? It's just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was a little, a little clunky, a little, yeah, a a little, little, clunky. A little contrived. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Running and you don't really, ambient. I say Valium. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Something was not, something knocked out Charlie's mom, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe what they didn't show was that uh, Jerry Derringer gave her a really good rogering or something <laughs> beforehand. She just was so exhausted. <laughs> oh, aren't I awful? <laughs> yeah. Um, then uh, the cheesy '80s music doesn't really come in until the nightclub scene. Uh, I noticed there's a dance hall scene with a bunch of cheesy '80s music, uh, which actually works because. Jerry Dandridge is there all sexied out and he gets basically Amy under a spell and kidnaps her there. Before that happens, he turns Charlie's uh, friend evil into a vampire, which in that scene was actually good. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that scene? I do. Yeah. Um, that, that one works. Um, and it's sort of like the progression mm -hmm. as they're starting to turn. Right. Right, right. Yeah, it does work. Um, it didn't particularly scare me just because I knew what was going to happen. It probably did scare me back in the day. Uh, but I do like the scene where Jerry Dandridge is convincing the kid that it's okay that he's going to become a vampire because the kid because he knows what it's like to be different mm -hmm. and uh, an outcast. So why, why don't you become a vampire and be different and weird with me? And evil's like, why the hell not? Let's let's do this. Yep. Um, and then when evil does turn into a vampire and he gets invited into uh, Peter Vincent's apartment, he falls, it turns into a vampire. And compared to Lost Boys, I think the makeup for the vampires works better in this movie compared to the lost boys um uh what do you think or do you remember i do um this one's the the makeup here was a little more um they weren't trying to keep them pretty mm -hmm. yeah and i feel yeah. like in the lost boys they were they were trying to keep the the boys as eye candy yeah yeah and i tend to agree yeah 
because uh, evil when he turns into a vampire, it's like uh, it, it is scary, and it's just like, yeah, I'm buying into it. All right, all right. And um, when so then there's a later scene where, and I'm going over the Peter Vincent character a little bit too much because Roddy McDowell, as you mentioned, did a really good job in this, and I like that character, the mm-hmm. TV vampire killer that has to be convinced that uh, his help is needed in a real life situation. It, it actually worked well, that whole uh, that whole character and just the sequencing and the convincing that Jerry Dandridge is a vampire actually worked really, really well. Um, so I like that he had a little compact with a mirror in it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and he yeah. he openly says it's a prop, <laughs> so right. his skepticism is on display there. Exactly, exactly. And how when he took it out and saw that the, uh, Jerry Dandridge didn't make a reflection, then dropped the mirror. I mean, all of that worked really, really well. Now, when evil evil goes back to Charlie's house, pretends that he's. Charlie's mom, he wasn't invited in. Peter Vincent's like, you weren't invited, blah, blah, blah. Then the fight uh, breaks out. Now, let me ask you this. Uh, evil turns into a dog or uh, maybe a werewolf. Wolf. It's a wolf. What is, uh, what is the mythology? I'm using the wrong word, but what is the story behind vampires and wolves? Why did he turn into a wolf? So... That one confuses me a little. Um, so in other other movies, like the werewolves are the 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 guards of the vampires during the day. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the the werewolf versus vampire thing that's happening in underworld. Now, if you're going for other, I've seen other horror movies where it's like um, the wolves and um, bats and things. They are the agents of the devil. Mm-hmm. So that might be what it was going for in this movie, that it's, it's aligned with evil. I see. Yeah. So basically you can turn into any goddamn thing you want as long as it's evil. Yeah. 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 So, so he could have turned into... So he could have turned into like a uh, Hitler and it would have worked, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe a, maybe a slithering serpent. There you go. That, yeah. I'd buy into that. Okay. And when the stake goes through the wolf's heart um, and that whole death scene, I do the special effects there actually hold up. That seems, you can tell it's still a little outdated, but I would say that whole transformation and death scene actually is okay. Uh, that was the better one, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the way they shot it, um, they kept cutting back and forth so mm-hmm. they could keep the the continuation you'd have roddy mc uh vincent price's reaction right um versus what was going on with the the slowly dying vampire slash wolf 
Right, right. And the the Peter Vincent character, you know, actually shows a little bit of remorse in this death because it's a kid. Yeah, I mean, he, he realizes that, yeah, there was an actual human there. Right, right, right. And the human side of evil kind of comes out as he turns back into, uh, when he changes back from wolf form into mm-hmm. human form as well. It's just like you almost feel bad uh, right. uh, during that process. Yeah. Okay. Jerry's roommate, what the hell is up with this guy? I mean, is he a vampire? What is he? So He's a protector. You called him a protector earlier. Yeah. He seems to be like the familiar or the protector um, that watches over him during the day and protects him. Um, I don't fully understand. And this is where I gets a little messy because he can walk during the daylight. Exactly. Um, exactly. So the way he dies is a little confusing for me mm-hmm. um, because he seemed to kind of have that similar meltdown after getting stabbed by a stake, a wooden right. stake, right. Um, which doesn't really follow logic. But then mm-hmm. again, we're watching a horror movie. So logic yeah. is as yeah. logic does. And th- that was a cheesy special effects scene right there like all of a sudden you see like a bunch of uh, antifreeze <laughs> right <laughs> kind of just go yeah. all over the place <laughs> oozing yeah the bright green exactly exactly i think that maybe that's where nickelodeon got their slime from <laughs> yeah maybe yeah but i mean that was kind of funny it's just like so he gets shot six times from uh peter vincent's revolver and and he's still alive and then the stake as you mentioned is what kills him and then like he turns into this skeleton slimy antifreeze thing um yeah 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 and (laughs) when i see scenes like that now i just laugh it's like what the hell it's like and it it went on for a long time i'm like okay (laughs) yeah it was kind of anticlimactic uh they they killed him a little bit too easily there should have been more drama in that scene i don't know i mean and also why is this guy just walking towards them after he gets shot shouldn't he be like more agile or something i mean shouldn't he be grabbing a gun himself and i i don't know it just you would think if he's the if he's the the daytime protection the daytime familiar that he would be um better armed than that Exactly, exactly. Seast out, welcome. He says, I like uh, Guelmero Nandor, uh, Nandor's familiar. Is that from another show or movie, uh, Sandy? That I don't know. Yeah, that I don't know. We'll have to ask them. Yeah, we'll have to ask Stout about that one. Yeah, yeah, that, that's one. That's one I'm not familiar with. I'm not familiar with that familiar. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Guillermo. <laughs> Guillermo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I pronounced it right. I said, yeah. <laughs> I'm so bad at that stuff. Uh, you remember that? Uh, it's still around, but uh, Big G's in Winslow, the deli. When I mentioned Oh, that. yeah. 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 Uh, they're not as good now, but uh, back 30 years ago, they're just in this little house and it was incredible. And of course, they have names for their sandwiches. So the first time I went in there, I looked at their Lucretia Borgia sandwich. That looked uh, interesting to me. I can't remember what it was, but it was kind of just like what we would call 
an Italian sandwich or as the locals call it, an Italian sandwich. Oh, I just caught on now to what Chris was saying. It's What's a that? comedy I watch or it's a dark comedy. Um, it's either what we do in the dark or what we do in the shadows. Oh, okay. Okay. Which that's I do based enjoy on... that show quite a bit, actually. Yeah. And come to find out that is based, that TV show is based on a movie that was put out. And, and from what I understand, a halfway decent movie, which I've never seen. So I'll have to go back. Yeah. So anyway, as I'm talking about my mispronunciations, uh, I didn't pronounce it Lucretia Borgia. I, I went up and I said, hi, can I get a uh, Lucretia Borgia? Lucretia <laughs> Borgia. And the guy behind the counter just laughed at me. He's like, ha, ha, that's the best one I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah. Uh, so, um, as, uh, so after that, actually, the whole... The whole Amy scene is just like, I mean, I didn't find Amy particularly sexy or desirable in any type of way until she turns into a vampire. Then I'm like, holy cow, that's one sexy vampire. Um, yeah, I, they, they took her from that frumpy mom hair to like the sexy vampire hair. Yeah. And the yeah. better clothes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I mean... I think if I was Charlie, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to become a vampire too. And Amy and I are just going to be like sexy vampires together. Yeah. And then that would have been the end of the movie. Pretty uh, much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. And Jerry Dandridge would have been their master and they would have lived in that house and everything would have been good. They could yeah. have had sexy threesomes. <laughs> wow, oh, that was terrible. That <laughs> is good. Help. Sergeant Williams, you're learning. <laughs> Holy cow. That was really good. <laughs> yeah. And that, that, yeah, that would have put out, I mean, there was a sequel to this movie and it was terrible. Uh, so uh, that would have been a better sequel. <laughs> it might have been X-rated though. Just saying. That's all right. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then the fight scene goes on. Then you can really kind of see the special effects at play. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where it doesn't really, like you mentioned before, it, the special effects don't hold out the uh, test of time, if you will. Jerry Dandridge, as the sun is beginning to come out, turns into a bat. At first, it's an animated bat. Then it's this really bad Muppet paper mache claymation type bat mm -hmm. and then um it goes into the basement and that it becomes uh, slightly more believable for a little while until he dies and when jerry dandridge dies it's like holy cow that is really bad <laughs> yes yeah I think yeah. they spent all their special effects budget by that point. I believe they did. But what's interesting, and this uh, goes to show how times have changed, this movie was given a $9.5 million budget for the special effects alone. Which, wow. Yeah, which Columbia Studios paid. Uh, it, this came out uh, in uh, Columbia Studios were the ones that uh, produced this, uh, financed it. And that was by far the most money given for special effects for any horror movie up to that point. And it, it was like a way more than anything previously given. I mean, I think 
by like millions of dollars uh it beat My out the goodness yeah okay. yeah so it just goes to show how times have changed. The it's guy... kind of like government spending in my yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You pay a lot yeah. and get a little. <laughs> yeah, but it just goes to show uh, where technology or how technology has changed, uh, uh, basically. True. Yeah. Uh, but in the end, um, I was like, all right, this movie entertained me. And I believe. It does stand the test of time because the one thing about this movie is it's simple. Yes. It's like it was filmed just in a Hollywood backlot somewhere with a few houses, a, a church, and in the background on this little suburban type street. And I like it just because of its simplicity. The storyline is easy to follow. Mm -hmm. It plays into what we tend to think of when we think of vampire stereotypes. And um, yeah, so I uh, and I, I won't say more than that. I believe it stands the test of time just because of its simplicity more than anything else. And, I'll go uh, with that. You'll go with that. I yeah. would watch it again. Yeah, I think I would too. It, if I'm surfing channels and um, it's another rainy, shitty weekend here, and that was on, I'd probably watch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I have not seen the remake with Colin Farrell. Have you? I've seen parts of it. I haven't watched the whole thing. Um, I mainly watched it for the eye candy. <laughs> 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 I didn't commit to it. <laughs> I see. I just I see. glanced through. <laughs> I see. So is it a bunch of hot guys without their shirts on? And uh... I, I think Colin, as an actor, as a back in 2011, he was pretty hot. Yeah, he was in a lot of movies back then. I don't. Yeah. But has he been in anything recently? Uh, the uh, last thing I really saw him in was in, uh, an HBO series called True Detective. Oh right. Right. Where he, he was, was kind the... of older and a little more portly. Yeah, yeah. I saw the first season of that, and what you just mentioned was the second season. I yeah, had the met. Vince Vaughn, Colin Farrell season. I see. That was second. That um, was second, yeah. Woody yeah, Harrelson, but... Matthew McConaughey, first season was way better. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. And that season was incredible. I binge-watched that in a day. That was, yeah. like, really, really good. Yeah. yeah. So good. Good. Okay, Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it stands the test of time. If you haven't seen it, please do. And those of you who have seen it, wonderful. And we'll go on to our next movie, Better Off Dead. And oh. yeah, this one's going to be interesting. Uh, I would love, I, I mean, originally we were going to do this in our first review show uh, a couple months ago. And I had a hard time getting a hold of a copy. Finally, I did. And so now we're doing it. And this movie yeah. I saw like a bunch of times back in high school. Uh, so, and it had been years. And uh, why, anyway. don't you, why don't you take the lead on this? And I'm, I'm going to weigh in because I never saw it back in the day. Okay. Um, I've watched it three times. Um, and I, I, I know it's sort of like a cult classic. Mm -hmm. Some people who, who like it, they really, really like it. I struggled with a lot of this film. Um, so I'm going to let you take the lead. 
Gotcha. Routing third color. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Routing third says, if they show hands, Wicked is all over it, going back to the last movie. <laughs> That's right. Hey, sexy vampire hands. There we go. That's a new fetish for me. It's sexy vampire hands. <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly hey there's okay. always room for a new kink <laughs> there is there is okay so again i took notes similar kind of a scene by scene thing so better off dead it starts off with this animation scene where this woman with hard nipples gets taken away <laughs> by a creature <laughs> isn't yeah. it interesting that, that's what bizarre. I mean. yeah it's bizarre yeah yeah. And then, of course, we have John Kuzak, whatever his character name is. Right away, we get the sense that he's completely obsessed with his girlfriend because he has pictures of her just covering the rooms of her wall. He sleeps with a framed photo of her. And then he brings that same photo into the shower with him. And I'm like, OK, so if I'm like the yeah. parent of this kid, I'm like. Right away, I'm thinking, oh, oh, you know, this kid's going to have to go to some sort of therapeutic uh, thing, whether a uh, treatment center. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Stout holds a radio over his head. Oh, that movie sucked. <laughs> yeah. I don't care what anybody says about that, uh, say anything. It's just like, yeah, what a horrible. And they, it's just like. And then he's playing In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel. It's just oh. like, I mean, what a waste of a good song. It's like, put the goddamn radio down. Get back into this movie, John Kuzak. Okay. Uh, and then, so he goes downstairs, and his father is uh, Winchester with a toupee. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yep, from MASH. Exactly. Exactly. Charles Emerson Winchester, who is bald, but he's wearing a toupee. Don't they forget get Sir... Winchester the third. Yes, the third. There we go. Yes. And um, so in his what then and the mother serves all kinds of weird oh, food. The mother God can't Lord. cook. And uh, and she's serving boiled bacon for breakfast, which is that kind comes of out sort of green and creamy. Exactly. Very bizarre. Oh, God. All of a sudden, that nausea. Uh, bacon <laughs> never nauseates me. And t right now, bacon is actually nauseating me a little bit. Yeah. And then another another Mount View card. He drives a, this really beat up brown station wagon. That's like a total Mount View car, I noticed. Uh, so two movies in a row where we've seen uh, teenagers driving cars that we can relate to a little bit. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. definitely. The, the nasty old station wagon. Exactly. Then I wrote, then they introduced the uh, French foreign exchange student uh, who moved in across the street. Morning. And I made a note. How come we, and I made this note. How come we never had a French foreign exchange student at our high school who would have turned down my advances? How come we never had that, Sandy? We never had a French We did, foreign. actually, but it was a summer program. Oh, really? Yeah, I had... Um, I, we had a French foreign exchange student stay with us. Um, a couple of different families had uh, French foreign exchange students, but it was a summer exchange program. Oh, uh, so we wouldn't have seen them in school. I see. Correct. It was like they right before 4th of July, and then they went back the second or third week of August. No kidding. Yeah. No kidding. Okay. Yeah. 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 So uh, were you in high school when you had your French foreign exchange student, or were you younger? I, it was between sophomore and junior years. No kidding. 
No yeah, because I was, I had, I remember I had my driver's permit, scared the hell out of him. <laughs> oh, it was a guy. It was a guy. I see. I see. I, was he cute? Eh. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. I see. No. I see. Yeah. 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 Um, um, I think Monique, um, the French foreign exchange student, damn, that girl had a rough go in, in the storyline. Oh, yeah. Uh, with her slightly inappropriate um, host brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Real creepy. That- yeah, that, that was, was kind of that was kind of rapey. I didn't that like it. That was a little rapey, yeah. And I don't know if you could it wasn't uh blatantly rapey, it was just kind of a little rapey. And I was thinking to myself, <laughs> Is any ha- rapey okay? I don't think it, so. I don't think, yeah. So I mean, yeah, rapey is never okay. So it's like I mean, I guess you can put a little rapey in there just to show that it's a the guy's kind of a scumbag situation. Is it the guy's a scumbag? So it made me think if you could create such a situation in a movie today and get away with it. I'm not. I'm not sure if you could. I'm gonna not. go with probably better not. <laughs> probably better not. Yeah. Probably better not. Yeah. Stout says uh, we had tennis players, foreign exchange students. They they were from Sweden. Stout. I mean, not all people that are foreign exchange students that are from Europe or French. They're actually from Sweden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One little calorie, not rapey enough. Uh, the Bill Cosby story, says Rounding Third. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, would you like to hold my clipboard? So that, and why did I put that down? Would you like to hold my clipboard? I, that, I guess I just. That was the uh, ski jock. Yeah, that was a ski jock that handed his clipboard to Beth. Would you like to hold my clipboard? Yeah, I don't know why I wrote that down, but maybe I just thought it was a good quote. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And when Beth broke up with John Cusack, she was brutally honest with him. Like, yeah, I'm going out with this better looking, popular guy. That drives Uh, a nice car. That drives a nice car, right, right. Yeah, she was a a completely... That character had like no character yeah she was pretty full stop yeah that's (laughs) right and there wasn't much substance to her at all Mm -mm. and all we knew that was john kuzak was just really obsessed with her and that was about it yeah that that, that was about it yeah Uh, and and then the fact that um pretty much as soon as all these older guys found out they had broken up they would ask him if they could take out Beth, which seemed really odd to me. Like she was property. Exactly. exactly. Kind of rubbed me wrong. And the creepy ass teacher that was also in ghost. Um, and fast times at Ridgemont high. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, he blatantly is dating a student. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah there's, and- there's just so much wrong with that. And I, I couldn't get past it each time I watched it. It was grossed me out. Yeah. But the thing is, I watched that back in the 80s and I didn't even think about it. You know, I mean, and I never watched it in the 80s. So that like leapt out at me. Mm -hmm. And uh, what was that movie? This might be a good one to watch again. I think it was called 12 O'Clock High, maybe. Um, It was. Oh, shit. You know, before I tell that story, there is a scene there where there is a student 
teach a romance and you watch it and uh, back in the day you watch it and you think, oh, that's kind of all right. And but now, obviously, it'd be highly inappropriate. You wouldn't even think to put it in a movie. Mm -hmm. But that might be uh, one to revisit down the road because I thought that was a great movie. Another cult classic type movie. But anyway, we'll get back to this one. Okay, there's Uh, something going on here about gym teachers. Is he a biology teacher, gym teacher, female gym teacher? Oh, yeah. Well, we always, Browning Third always likes to bring up the fact that we had an evil biology teacher who we never bring up by name. Uh, Oh, okay. We'll leave it at that. And we'll leave it at that. And then uh, the female gym teacher, uh, (laughs) Browning Third, just said dank. I don't know if he's calling me a dank or the biology teacher a dank or both of us a dank. yeah, exactly. And the female, uh, there's always stories to tell about the female gym teacher, uh, Sandy, that uh, if you haven't heard them, when I uh, talk to you in person someday, I'll tell you all the stories that I know. Oh, uh, hell yeah. We got to catch up, man. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's some all dirt right. I missed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because back in the 80s, uh, Actually, yeah, because this relates to the student-teacher relationship type thing. When we're, uh, that's why they're mentioning the female. Gotcha, gym gotcha, teacher. gotcha. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, uh, the kid brother kicks ass with all of his mail order stuff. That, oh, that... he was like the smartest character in the entire movie. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he was. He was. You know, Never he says always... a word. But he yeah, gets all the girls. <laughs> yeah, because he did a mail order thing uh, where he got a book on how to how pick, to up, pick trashy... up trashy women. Yeah, and before you know it, he's got trashy women in his bedroom. And he's dressed uh, like Hugh Hefner smoking a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, I, 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 I never I never did buy that book. I never it, <laughs> uh, 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 and it was pretty convincing in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, John Cusack plays a saxophone as he's taking out the French girl. And I said, he plays a pretty good air sax because I know he's not actually playing the saxophone, but it actually looks like he is. Uh, so I, I admired that. Then, um, oh, when uh, the the pedophile uh, teacher who dates Beth mm-hmm. calls Charlie up to the chalkboard and he makes that real bad sound that, you know, squeaking sound with the chalk. Yes. I, I made a note of that. Like, I can't stand that. I can't even stand to use a chalkboard. <laughs> I can't. I. Ugh. It's just like the, the feel of the chalk, The even touching that chalkboard just gives me like, you know, fingernails on the chalkboard are like, ugh, God. Uh, those never bugged me. Why? You're more sound sensitive, apparently. Yeah, I am. I hear a timer. I hold on one second. There we go. I had a timer going on. I, I don't think you guys could hear it, but uh, there we go. Um, it's like riding down to giant razor blades on your butt cheeks. Uh, <laughs> that's what C Stout says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, <sighs> yeah. Anyway. Uh Oh, yeah. And I, as you know, when I tried to find a way to stream this movie, you can't, you can't find a place mm-hmm. to stream this anywhere. No. And I have a theory behind that. A lot I of think, people do. What's that? A lot of people have a theory behind that. What is what's your theory? Well, the one I've heard most is um, 
John Cusack hates this movie mm-hmm. um, and has struck deals. Really? That would I, I have heard that he doesn't like this movie, but I didn't hear that that was the reason behind the no streaming. What did no you stream- hear? Um, I just have a theory that this movie glorifies suicide and, and that's that. And and that's why. Yeah. But here's the thing. There was a, well, there was the 13 reasons why, Mm -hmm. which was all about suicide as well. And teen suicide. And that came out recently, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, this was, and this also had a, it's like a dark comedy kind of in that way because all of his um, attempts are foiled right. um, by really stupid circumstances. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like when I, <laughs> the part where uh, Ricky's mom drinks paint thinner than lights a cigarette. Yes. <laughs> And then they're in the car, and uh, John Cusack says, uh, Ricky, uh, really sorry I blew up your mom. <laughs> <laughs> that I did laugh at. Yeah, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when he jumps off the bridge and accidentally lands in the garbage truck, and the two <laughs> African-American uh, phone workers on the telephone pole, uh, they're working, and one of them goes, Imagine that throwing away a perfectly good white, good boy. white boy. Yep. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. 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 So, yes, I think I believe your explanation. Uh, your explanation makes more sense now that John Kuzak hates this and is doing everything he can to get this movie out of circulation any way possible. And that's why I had to buy it off the black market known as Amazon, the DVD copy. As did I. Um, yeah, exactly. But for four bucks, I mean, it's... I know. We, it, it's it, a low investment with Amazon Prime anyway. Yeah. yeah. And it actually shipping got here... Shipping was pre- free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My shipping was free and it got here pretty quickly. It got here within seven days. So we'll take it. Yeah. And uh, they actually make skiing look really fun. I like the skiing training uh, scenes. They do make that look fun. I was never a skier, but... Yeah, the I have no objection with the skiing scenes. There were some continuity errors in that. Yeah. Um, in the clothing, in particular, for uh, Lane's character, um, wasn't so great on the the ski run he did where Monique was basically training him. Yeah, Monique was like the bomb. <laughs> yeah, she could oh, do yeah. it all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Monique was awesome, and I'll get into that in a minute. Stout says, I ordered Amazon down here, down here meaning America's glory hole of Florida. <laughs> and hold on, I got to scroll up. I put in my address and they say, we'll see you tomorrow. I changed the address to my main one and they say, we'll see you in about 30 days. That's interesting. Skiing, in my opinion, is best done. Uh, this is from Stinky Dad Glenn. Hey, and hello to you, Glenn. Uh, hold on one second. Skiing, in my opinion, is best done through a television, not in reality. I can relate to that. I can relate to that. It was fun when I was younger. Now I don't want to be outside in the cold all day. Yeah, I see. I see. You'd rather be outside in the rain. 
uh, in Portland, Oregon. Well, no. So in Portland, Oregon, you have to drive through the rain and then you go up high to Mount Hood and you hit the snow line and then you sit in traffic all the way to the mountain. So, nah. Oh, um, yeah. Skip it. Skip yeah, it. Skip it. Skip it. Skip it. <laughs> Stout says, I love all of the old ski movies from the 1980s. I do remember uh, James Bond, If You Do a Kill, which is a terrible movie, but there is an opening uh, ski sequence in that movie that is actually, I remember being really, really good. I uh, only saw it back then. Uh, so I and, used to watch uh, the Warren Miller ski movies in college back when those- I actually skied. Back when you actually skied, yeah. Yeah, I've only been skiing twice, and nobody ever told me how to stop. So I would just drop a shoulder and do a roll, you know. Yeah, and they didn't teach you how to snowplow. No. Oh no, man. No, no. I I didn't have very good uh, teachers. I just had like ski people who could really ski who wanted to go off on their own and be like, ah, hell with that guy, you know. <laughs> so, but I think uh, actually one thing I've always wanted to learn that I never have that I still will is cross country skiing. And uh, there are many, many uh, groomed trails uh, around where I live, especially in Camden. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I, I would like to cross country ski. Nice. Uh, but downhill skiing, I think I've, uh, I, pr- I probably passed that window. I just, I don't like falling down anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I fall down and it, it hurts and uh, it hurts for days. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they say, I, oh, Monique says French is the international language. And I thought to myself, really? French is the international language. Since when? I mean, they speak French like in France and they have some bastardized, bastardized version of it, like north of where I live. Uh, but uh, how's that international? Uh, I, I did think of that. And, Unless they were because they, they kept alluding to the international language of love. Mm-hmm. Um, that you don't need words for. Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, uh, what was her name? Uh, Smith, Mrs. Smith. Yeah. 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 I see. So if uh, French is the language of love, then love would be the international language. Is that what mm-hmm. I'm understanding? I think so. In the yes. context of this movie. Yep. And the, uh, the uh, feathered back blonde stereotypical 80s good-looking guy ski instructor uh villain uh who beth falls for his name's stalin did you pick up on that i his, did his last I name's did. stalin, stalin. yeah i'm like really yeah. really stalin okay i mean they're 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 very obvious in casting the villain so give him yeah. a villainous name exactly exactly uh, J Lo says hot dog ski movies. Is that where you uh, eat a hot dog and ski at the same time? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, Stalin was a great skier. Well, so Joseph Stalin was a great skier. So therefore let's do a tribute movie to him. And this guy who's a great skier will also call Stalin. <laughs> Yeah. And it's a complete D bag. So, you know, it fits. Exactly. Exactly. So it all fits. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, Hot Dog 80 ski movie. I'm assuming J Lo, that's where they do all kinds of stunts and stuff in the, yeah, 
I like act. I do actually like watching film of uh, ski stunts. It is fun. Uh, this soundtrack sucked. This soundtrack really, really sucked. Uh, I, it kind of did. The only one I liked was uh, they had uh, Hall and Oates. She's gone. Yep. Yeah. That, as, that, that one I like. Yeah. Before he threw the radio out the. Uh, and then they had the uh, a Van Halen song uh, yep. for the claymation burgers. I see. I see. That one was okay. Yeah. Uh, J-Lo says, greatest ski porn movie ever. Um, that Hot Dog. There was a ski porn movie called Hot Dog. Okay, I'll take Hold your on. word I'm, I'm going to Google that. You keep going. <laughs> Sandy's like, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm hopping ooh. on my, my, my phone here. I'm going. Um, exactly. But uh, you see, it could mean actual skiing movie. Like, I'll flip through uh, car ads, and I call it looking at car porn. Um, uh-huh. So that might be the meaning. Well, that's what I thought. So at, at first, uh, but now I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, okay. But maybe I, I'm sure there have been plenty of movies that took place in a ski lodge that were pornographic back in the eighties. I'm, I'm. I sure mean, it's that. a great setting. It is. It's a. Very it was a 1984 movie. film. Okay. Um, it's got a five of ten on IMDb. Okay. Uh, it's competition, Squaw Valley Ski Resort. Oh, okay. Okay, so it's a yeah. It's an actual. It's okay. an actual movie. Movie. It's an actual movie. Movie. Okay, so yep. it's not okay. So it's uh, ski porn in the sense that it's skiing and it's very pleasurable to watch for people that like that type of thing. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. The everybody wants some scene. Uh, I I actually thought that was kind of cool. I like that. I like that claymation burger mm-hmm. type thing and the guitar. I actually did like that. Um, one thing I did think that that's a place that specializes in pig burgers. I mean, who the hell eats a pig burger? I mean, I don't know. I've had, I've had a duck burger and it was pretty decent. So you had a duck burger. Yeah. I always think of like a pig, pig, pig burgers. Uh, if you put some seasoning in it and uh, fennel or whatever else you, you, yeah. you have a sausage patty. So, uh, that's typically, uh, when you think of ground, uh, pork. I pork. always think of sausage patties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, I did write that down. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, then what really makes this scene to me is just that little newspaper kid wanting his two dollars. I mean, that sticks out in my mind all it the time. It was like this recurring theme, and it would just pop in mm-hmm. here and there. Y- yeah. Yeah, and I liked that because it didn't really make any sense at all, but yet it would just kind of pop in every once in a while. And for some reason, it just made this movie avant-garde, weird, and I'm like, all right, there wasn't enough of that back in the 80s with these teen romance-type movies. You know, why not make it weird? Why not make it, you know, a little stupid? Why not have the kid brother build a space shuttle in the garage and have it have him take off in it. You know what I mean? It's like, I appreciate that. Um, uh, by the end of this movie, I was uh, completely in love with the, with Monique, the French foreign exchange student who also fixed up his, his uh, 
broken down car. Yeah. His broken down uh, sports car. I really appreciate. I really like the Asian guy who learned how to speak English by watching Howard Cosell. Uh, that I really, I really like that. And uh, yeah, uh, I. So for me, it's interesting. I can see why people may not like this movie. For me, it's nostalgic. For me, it's uh, weird. It's uh, it's a comedy that there's parts that are still funny. The guy Booger from Revenge of the Nerds is in it, and I, I like his character. Was uh, that uh, Charles Demar, the guy that was trying to like snort snow like it was cocaine? Exactly. Exactly. I exactly. knew him from Moonlighting. Yep, that's right. He was in Moonlighting. I liked him in Moonlighting. So mm -hmm. yeah, I enjoyed his character. He's quirky. He's weird. He's funny. He's out there. Yep. Um, he was one of my favorites um, yep. of the yep. whole thing. Mm -hmm. uh, made it more watchable for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really enjoy. Yeah, definitely. Because everyone needed a friend like that in high school. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And he loves John Cusack, the John Cusack character in this movie. What was John Cusack's character's name in this? I've only seen this Lane. Movie. Lane, that's right. Yeah. Jeez, that's interesting. I couldn't... Thank you for uh, yeah. reminding me. Yeah. I, I did take a note on that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and mm -hmm. actually, the character that played um, the, the sort of uh, inappropriate uh, you know, guest host brother, whatever, mm -hmm. he was actually on a TV show for a long time. Um, head of the class. Head of the class. Yep. Yeah. 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 I, I, in fact, I recognize him from that because I do remember that show. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so to me, it stands the test of time mainly because of just the quirkiness of it all. It's different than the comedies that uh, the teen romance comedies that you typically watch during the time period. And it just has the nostalgic aspect for me. So when I say it stands the test of time, it does for me probably mainly because of the nostalgic aspect than anything else. But for someone else who has never seen it, uh, that is watching it, watching it through a 2021 lens, maybe they feel differently. And that's where you come in. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, so it's basically, I have so many issues with the female characters in this movie. The only one that was a badass was Monique, mm -hmm. tough girl. Um, that for me was the only positive female in the entire film. Um, you had the cheerleader who quote dated the basketball team. Um, That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> The mother that was just sort of a complete space case, didn't listen to anybody, um, you know, asked Lane how his day is. And so he's like, both broke up with me. And she goes, that's nice, dear. Um, <laughs> complete space cadet. The shallow AF girlfriend, Beth, no character development. Mm -hmm. The... Uh, stereotypical um loser character that wants to kill himself i don't really i i just i struggled with this movie I um really did 
if I look at it through a slightly different, now, again, I had to watch it three times. Um, if I look at it as like the anti-John Hughes movie of the 80s, then mm-hmm. it works a little more. So if you were taking an alternate point of view from all of those John Hughes movies, the Pretty in Pink, um, Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. um, and you make it sort of, and you look at it as this is kind of like a spoof or a farce, then I can see more of its appeal. And that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, the anti-John Hughes movie, if you will, yeah. Yeah, it's like yeah. the antithesis. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So from that point of view, um, and I, I kind of came around to that on about my third watching, <laughs> that if I'm not, if I can put aside my biases as a working woman in 2021 mm-hmm. um, and view it as a spoof, then for me, it, it would stand up. Did I enjoy it? Not the first two times. No, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not at all. But I, I came around to it. Um, there's a lot of um, great performances. Curtis Armstrong as the buddy mm-hmm. um, was was really fantastic in this, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Monique, I thought, did a v- really good job. And she wasn't really in much. Uh, she was in that movie that I remember seeing a, uh, in the 80s. It came out before this, and it was called The Last American Virgin. Yeah. And, and She's also in Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Oh, that's right, because she played one of the... The uh, princesses. The One of the princesses. That's right. That's yep. right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she was really good in this. And I'm glad that you brought up the female roles in this movie and just how they were stereotyped or lacked character development. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's interesting because that's something that a lot of guys will just not see until it's brought up uh, by somebody else like you in this case yeah i mean yeah a girl dating the whole basketball team okay a mother that is portrayed as just uh just kind of like a dingbat yeah yeah the girlfriend who is just there for looks that has no character development i mean there's no depth to this character whatsoever none and then also the relationship between ricky and the foreign exchange student who live in the same house and how he treats her uh, like property like property exactly exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and those are really now that i'm talking about it should be glaring things that come out of this movie but uh but on the flip side monique's Mm -hmm. character she was smart. She was savvy. She realized, I don't want to talk to these people, so I'm just not going to speak English. I'm going to act like I don't know what they're saying. Right. She could, you know, ski. She could fix cars. She, uh, you know, she was a survivor. So there was one strong female character in the entire film, and it was her. Right, right. So right. that, for me, is almost 50% redeeming of the film. Yeah, yeah, because in the end, she comes out on top and she's portrayed in a positive, a very strong light, if you will. Yeah, yeah, good, good. So for you, it doesn't really stand the test of time. Um, um. <laughs> um, 
as as a farce, I I can see it becoming kind of a cult classic thing. I see. As a farce. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. I lent this movie to a very dear friend of mine after I watched it. I, di- I, I didn't re-watch this until Monday of this past week, and I gave it to my friend the day after. I don't believe she's watched it yet. She is another one that is uh, our age that has never seen it, so I'd be interested to hear if she has the same take that you have, uh, assuming that she doesn't listen to this podcast before she watches the <laughs> I know. Movie. <laughs> we needed to have, like, at the beginning, it just needs to say, spoiler alerts. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alerts all over the damn place. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But, I, yeah. Um, but I'm always curious to hear uh, people's points of views on uh, any movie that I've, I've seen. It's uh, always a good... Uh, What's the word? Fodder for conversation. Did I just use, is fodder a word, Sandy? Uh, fodder, if, yes, it is. It, it is. Okay. Yeah, good. Hey, Lou, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I hope you're doing well as well. Uh, good. All right. Uh, so there you have it. Uh, so, yeah. So I think it's good to do these shows every couple months or so. We have busy yeah. lives. and oh, yeah. So... That's one thing with you, and you do such a good job. Uh, I mean, you take you you watch these movies thoroughly. Hell, you just watch Better Off Dead three times. So wow, all that. Hats the off first to you. time I was just so shell shocked by how much I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I couldn't focus. <laughs> <laughs> it enraged me so much. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. So are you comfortable choosing the next two movies? Uh, I mean, obviously, you don't have to choose them right now. But I mean, are you comfortable doing that? Yeah, let me give it some thought. We're going to are we sticking in this this 80s genre? I would like to, um, but it doesn't necessarily have to be. I think the 80s, the 80s are fun for me just because that's when I we started to rent a lot of movies, I Mm -hmm. I suppose. And uh, a Many of those movies, of course, we didn't have a very judging eye back then. We tended to like everything that we watched. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, so that's uh, that's why I, I like to stick to the eighties. But it doesn't have to be. It doesn't All have right. to be. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. let's let's chat and we'll we'll come up with a plan. Absolutely, that sounds good. Good. Okay. And uh, thank you again, uh, Sandy. And thank you all for listening. And uh, I love you all. And until next time, I hope you guys all are doing well and have a good evening. Good night.